There's a lot of podcasts and YouTubers out there already tearing apart various forms of media. I myself have been guilty of that. It's already oversaturated with a lot of negativity. So why don't we talk about the movies and music we love instead? This is For the Love of Media. Hey. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is uh, For the Love of Media. I am Bosco. And I am Vishesh. And today we will be talking about uh, one of my favorite movies. Uh, actually, this has always been my number one movie. Oh. Uh, of all time for me, like my personal number one. And uh, that is the movie Airplane from 1980 by the trio of directors, Jerry Zucker, David Zucker, and Jim Abrahams. Mm, nice. <laughs> so, all right. So but before, wanna... yeah, hold on. Yeah. Before we get into it, I wanted to ask you, um, What's your experience with Airplane? Since, like, I know it's my favorite. So, well, well, what's your experience with it? Uh, get into it? I had seen it a long, long time ago. I think when I was, like, oh, I can't even remember. I must have been, like, maybe fresh out of high school when I when I, I first saw the movie. And uh, there were so many, like, there were so many jokes crammed into, like, every frame, every, like, every moment that I couldn't possibly catch them all. Um, I just remember thinking like, oh, this is pretty funny. Like, this is a very like sort of slapstick yet deadpan kind of uh, parody of disaster films. But when I watched it again, I was like, oh, no, this is actually very like there's there's a lot that they managed to. It, it's very much like Mel Brooks. There's a lot of yeah. jokes and gags that they managed to like just cram into every possible uh <laughs> setting and, and moment and like they they milked it for all it's worth oh yeah um, it's a very well done comedy i must say yeah no that's that's always been one of my favorite parts of airplane how you know they just fire jokes every second where you need to rewatch it multiple times in order to catch jokes you didn't catch on the previous viewings because mm -hmm. while you're laughing at one joke like three other jokes are happening you know <laughs> And I've seen the movie, you know, I'm willing to bet I've seen the movie over 35 times in my life. And mm -hmm. the last time I watched it, I caught a joke I never caught before. Oh, really? I, that's that's how layered these jokes are. That's how that's how many jokes they've crammed in. Because some jokes are just so subtle that yeah. you like you wouldn't even realize that there's a joke there. And then when I find, so the joke, the most recent joke I found out that I never noticed before was when they're in the, um, in the office, you know, where all the airport uh, people are working and oh, yeah. he's like talking, he's like, yeah, they're a menace to the air. Yeah. Birds too. And he like, uh, and it like pans over to Lloyd Bridges and he's like, okay, blah, blah, blah. And he like answers. I never realized that, they were on the phone with each other, despite being right across from each other. 
Like that's how subtle that joke is. Like you just don't really yeah. notice it. But then when I notice it, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. yeah. And I definitely love that brand of comedy uh, better. Like the jokes, a second comedy, because I find a lot of comedy movies kind of fall under the formula of uh, we'll drop a joke, but then there's always that sort of pause where they <laughs> expect the audience to laugh. Yeah, like and, they know that, you know, yeah. they're so sure that it's going to get a laugh. They have yeah. that pause. It's kind of. It's yeah. like instead of doing it the uh, like an airplane where they're just, you know, firing jokes, it, it's very much like, oh, I just dropped like a one liner or a punchline. Now let's wait for audience to laugh. And when it works, it's not noticeable. But when a joke doesn't land, it just it's, makes it more painful. Like, oh, yeah, it's God. very noticeable, you know, compared to when you watch a movie like Airplane or even movies like, you know, Mel Brooks's movies or the other. Um, yeah, Blazing uh, Saddles is a very good example. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> and Spaceballs and yeah. Young Frankenstein um, <laughs> and all the other like Jim Abraham's um, David Zucker, Jerry Zucker films like the Naked Gun series or Top Secret. Uh, I forgot they did that too. Yeah. Oh yeah, I Naked Gun <laughs> series is like top notch, like comedy, yeah, trauma parody. It's so good. Yeah, um, yeah. They they really, you know they they don't wait for the laughter. They're just like, no, we're just yeah. going for it. Boom, boom, boom. And if a joke doesn't land, it doesn't matter because there's another joke happening right away, you know? So there's never that awkward moment of like waiting for the laughter to happen. Yeah. It's, and some of the, like, it's like there were, it's interesting the range of mm -hmm. uh, the range of, of jokes that there, that are in the movie in terms of like just pure, like pure wordplay or slapstick or yeah. like physical, like, sight gags like oh, uh like when the minute like when um oh what's it when elaine is in the is in the the cockpit and she's with auto the, the oh, yeah. auto the autopilot and she has to like he starts to deflate and they're like oh no we have to like you have to infl inflate him reinflate him so that he can fly the plane i'm like oh okay i <laughs> before she went in i'm like okay i know what i know what kind of joke they're gonna yeah. do here and yeah. sure enough <laughs> Was it uh, Leslie Nielsen comes in to fight? Yep. And he's like, oh. <laughs> and he just walks back out. Yeah. And of course, the uh, classic gag where it cuts back to them and they're smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, no, they, 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 the, the jokes they do range all across the spectrum of comedy <laughs> uh, from the visual gags to the deadpan humor, to the subtle wordplay, to a completely crude and disgusting. <laughs> I mean, one of their most famous jokes from airplane, which is also one of their best jokes, but is also one of the crudest, most gross out jokes ever <laughs> is the shit hits the fan joke. <laughs> It's so oh, good. I love that one. Oh, when Kramer hears about this, the shit's going to hit the fan. The Cut to actual shit hitting a fan. <laughs> it's so good. It's, oh, that I I wish I, I could have been in they, theaters watching I'm, this and just laughing with everyone. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, you don't get the full, you don't get the full impact of the jokes unless you're in a crowd and you're just like, yeah, yucking it up. I do, I, I saw that scene and like, 
man, I really, I wonder what they actually used to get that. Well, obviously they used real shit, man. Come on. Oh yeah. I, I just, I'd hope that they'd be all gangster and go for like actual shit. <laughs> yeah, man, that's punk filmmaking right there. Yeah, the John to... John waters it up. You know? Oh, even uh, even better if someone was eating the shit like Divine <laughs> and Pink Flamingos, then oh, oh my god, that's Did you ever uh, see Pink Flamingos. By the way, no, I haven't oh, okay. been able to muster up the courage. No, you know what? Maybe I'll suggest it just for shits and giggles one day, just oh. to, just to mess with you. Oh God, for another <laughs> for the love of media episode. I don't know. You know what? To be honest, I don't even think we could call that episode for the love of media. It'd be like for the love of for fuck's sake. Yeah, for fuck, <laughs> for fuck's sake, media. Yeah, there you uh, go. For fuck's sake, media. What is this? Yeah, my oh, favorite okay. is um, Roger Ebert's review on it. He's like, this doesn't get a star rating. This is not a movie. This is just an object that happens to exist. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess Divine gave a whole new meaning to the term shit-eating grin. But um, oh um, my god, yuck! That <laughs> man. Too many scenes from that movie are just burned yeah. into my brain. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about <laughs> us going off on our usual tangents. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And who would have thought me talking about airplane? I'd go off on a tangent of pink flamingos of all things. <laughs> Complete opposite ends of my feelings uh <laughs> man getting back to uh getting back to airplane i think honestly i mean this is probably just my love of like dead deadpan wordplay like leslie nielsen for me uh is one of the best the best parts of this movie i think this oh, was yeah. was this one of the first projects he ever did no no this was one this was the first comedic project he ever did so all um, right fun fact when they were making Airplane, the directors made it a point to only hire serious dramatic actors. So uh, all the main actor cast, like a lot of, so Peter Graves, mm. uh, Leslie Nielsen, Robert Stack, they were all dramatic, serious actors before this. Mm. And they never did comedic roles. This was their very first comedic film they ever did. And uh, the reason the directors wanted that was because in order for the humor to work, they wanted dramatic actors playing the line straight, you know, mm. uh, which that's one of my favorite things, too, about the movie. Like that's that's a huge lesson I learned about comedy. You know, when you're mm. saying stupid lines, the more straight you say it and deadpan and like you say it as if you truly believe what you're saying is like the smartest thing in the world and like you believe it. It's so much funnier than yeah. having a comedic actor act it in a comedic way you know? mm -hmm. and yeah a big thing like apparently i was reading the producers um like the the production company wanted dom de louise to play the doctor oh uh, yeah uh, which dom de louise is a great comedic actor but he's very much a comedic actor and he would have mm -hmm. he would have joked it up you know what i mean yeah it just wouldn't have worked for this like the whole point of this was that the humor was coming from the fact that what they're saying is so dumb, but they're taking it so seriously. Yeah. And the choice to have serious dramatic actors do it is like a stroke of brilliance for them. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, 
I think Gene Wilder said something to it to a similar effect. He's like, if the, if the thing you're doing is funny, you don't have to act funny doing it. Just yeah. do it for real and play it straight. And it, the audience will laugh because what's mm. being said is so outrageous or stupid or. <laughs> uh, and especially in this movie, there's so many stupid lines <laughs> that oh, one that gets me every time. It's like, uh, what did they serve for dinner? It's like it was uh, either fish or steak. Ah, yes, I remember. I had lasagna. Like, <laughs> he says it so straight. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> or another exchange that I absolutely adore is when he's like, um, uh, "Can you? Uh, when can we land?" He's like, "I can't tell. You could tell me I'm a doctor." It's <laughs> like, no, like uh, I'm just like I just don't know. Like I'm just not sure. Can you take a guess? Well, not for another two hours. Oh, you can't take a guess for another two hours? <laughs> like, that's so great. Uh, yeah. Uh, so this patient has to be taken to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients. That's not important right now. Oh, yeah. It's so, oh, man, so uh, wonderful. It, best running gags. Oh, or uh, <laughs> Jim never has a second cup of coffee at oh, home. Yeah. Jim never pukes at home. <laughs> <laughs> which is so stupid and it doesn't even like it's it doesn't even go anywhere it's just like yeah you think it's gonna be a big reveal of, you think there's gonna be a big reveal about jim and then just like no no nope, so nothing. apparently <laughs> that was a parody of like a commercial that was really popular uh -huh. at the time and to be honest what i love about airplane is you do not need to know the source material to mm. find it funny um, which I think that's a key component to any type of parody. Uh, that's why yeah. Mel Brooks movies work so well. And that's why this director's trio movies, which I'm just uh, from now on, I'm just going to call them ZAZ because it's so much easier than just <laughs> saying all their names. Uh, the ZAZ trio. What makes their movies so great is that you do not need to know the source material to find it funny. Mm hmm. Like, yeah, it's true. I didn't know it was a parody of a commercial and I still found it really funny because it's such a non sequitur, you know? Yeah. yeah. You don't have to see, you don't have to have seen zero hour, which is apparently the name of the movie that, uh, that airplane yes. was based on. Yes. Which, um, okay. Well, since you mentioned it, let me get into that. Um, so basically what ended up happening was uh, the two Zucker brothers, they were recording a lot of like late night infomercials because they wanted um, ideas for, commercial parodies for their Kentucky fried movie. Uh, okay. They were going to make a sequel to it. And while recording these, the movie zero hour played and they accidentally recorded zero hour, but they decide to sit down and watch it. And they just thought it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen because they were saying really stupid stuff and saying it so straight. And their idea was like, the movie was so serious. So they're like, why don't we do a remake of this movie, but really emphasizing the humor in it? So mm -hmm. it, it's it's kind of interesting how as much as Airplane is a parody to them, it was no, we're remaking Zero Hour with like a few other like things sprinkled in, but emphasizing the humor of it. Yeah. Uh, and what we got was a comedy classic. Yeah. And it's funny because a lot of scenes in Airplane are taken directly straight from Zero Hour. Huh. Interesting. It, it's it's like almost line for line. A lot of the stupid lines uh, that a lot of the characters say 
were from zero hour. Like when Leslie Nielsen's like, not only can we need to find somebody who could fly this plane, but somebody who hadn't had fish for dinner. Like that's directly <laughs> from zero hour, which is astonishing because it's such a stupid line. <laughs> I know. Uh, wow. That's, I did not know that, that, that it was just a straight up, uh, like uh, rip off, but like, yeah, I guess adaptation of another, of another yep. movie. Like I didn't know it was, the parallels were so clear. Yeah. And they just threw in like a million jokes into it just yeah. to punch up the comedy of it. I'm guessing, uh, I'm guessing Otto probably wasn't uh, in the original. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but man, what a classic character, Otto, the autopilot. Like yeah, uh, the minute they're like, turn on autopilot and this thing just inflates and starts <laughs> driving the plane. Like, uh, wow. <laughs> how can this be? Oh, I'm one of my favorite uh, gags because it's just comes so out of nowhere how can this be possible they're on instruments cut to them like playing in a jazz band (laughs) and i love just how much they play with let's say like airport stuff you know every time they cut to the guy who's like looking at the radar they always have like a new joke to play with it like in the background there's a guy pulling out laundry he pulls (laughs) open a microwave and there's a turkey it's like it's about three minutes cheap they're playing Atari basketball. It's so funny. <laughs> like just how much they're able to just pick uh, at it and throw at it, which that's very much their style of comedy, right? Like throw shit at the wall, see what, see what sticks. See what sticks. Yeah. Uh, and, and in some gags, uh, very literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's literally shit. Yes. Very <laughs> literal. Uh, one of my favorite gags. Oh, I love this gag. It's so clever. Uh, when the guy goes to pick up, uh, Rex Kramer at his house. Oh yeah, and <laughs> he's changing in front of like he's putting his stuff on in front of the mirror, and it cuts mm-hmm. away. And when it cuts back, he walks through the mirror. It's <laughs> such a like it's it takes you so off guard. You're like, wait, what? Wait, hold on a minute. What? <laughs> it takes a second to realize what's happening, and you're like, oh, or the or the dog just attacking the guy who comes to pick yeah. him up. But it's really that mirror gag that I'm like, oh, that yeah. is such a great gag, like so clever. It's so clever that I almost didn't even notice it. (laughs) I know. I remember showing this movie to someone once and I was like laughing my ass off at that point. And they didn't, they didn't catch it. I'm like, you didn't catch it. And I had to like rewind it and play it again for them. I'm like, how did you not catch that? You walked through a fucking mirror. Like, (laughs) Oh, and then them driving to the airport and like the background. Oh, yeah. he's suddenly driving really fast and suddenly there's like soldiers on horses <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and that's that's something I wanted to bring up too like what I find about what really works about a parody like this compared to uh, a lot of the like crappy parodies or just any other kind of comedy movie is yeah. that what makes the gags work so well is that the everything that happens feels like it lives in the world of this movie. Mm-hmm. It, it You see a gag happen, especially a visual gag, but it doesn't take you out of the movie. You're not like, oh, that's a gag. You know, oh, they did a gag here. It it feels like part of the, the universe that they've created in this movie. Like mm-hmm. it's very lived in these gags. And it's yeah. very part of their world. And it never takes you out of the movie at any second, you know? Yeah, because it takes place in such an absurd, crazy universe that you just kind of buy it. Yeah, you know, like you see it. That's why I like it, because it's like you see it happen 
and you're not like, oh, ha, 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 like random gag. You're like, nope, yep, that's that that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And honestly, I think that I mean every every character in this movie is hilarious. But I oh, think yeah. for me personally, the one that uh, the, the one that began the great lineage of of comedic characters named Johnny is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is the Johnny in this movie the one in the one in the airport? Man, he is just oh, everything that comes out of his mouth is just yeah. is just and the way he delivers it too is just hilarious. Like it's like it's like, it's like what do you, Johnny? What do you make of this? He hands him a piece of paper. Oh, why this? Oh, you can make a hat or a brooch or a pterodactyl. Yeah. He's and apparently all his uh, so Stephen Stucker, the actor, all yeah. his lines were improvised. They gave him free range to basically improvise his comedic lines. So like basically I, it would be, OK, here's the line that feeds you and improvise a line kind of thing. <laughs> and it's just so fun. Or when he removes the lights, he's like, just kidding. And like plugs it back in. Oh, yeah. Uh. Uh, no, the tower, the tower, Rapunzel, <laughs> and Leon's getting larger. <laughs> it's like he know. It's like he's the one character that kind of knows he's in such a crazy world and just yes. has the most fun with it. Oh, and that's just that kind of energy is just so infectious. I love that about him. <laughs> yeah, he he's like he's like the court jester of the movie almost. Yeah, just, like the fool, just you know. <laughs> just complete nonsense yeah messing uh, with everybody <laughs> yeah oh if we're talking about uh favorites i love the part <laughs> i i feel that this whole thing is just us being like oh that gag is so great and that yeah. like, that's how good this movie is i know yeah we have like Point a million anything. favorite gags you know <laughs> um rex kramer at the end when he's like giving the the, the congratulatory speech to uh, Ted Stryker. Oh, yeah. And he has a line. He's like, you know what Christmas was like for me? Christmas was hell. It was hell. It's like, you know what it's like to be uh, dropped in the mud and then kicked in the head with an iron boot? <laughs> of course you don't. And that never happens. Nobody's ever experienced that. It's stupid question. Skip it. Like, it's so... It's, that must have been. I'm sure that must have been improvised. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. Oh, that was great. It's and just everyone is so good in this. Like Lloyd Bridges just brings it in this movie with his, oh, uh, yeah, with, with like he, he has these segments where he's just rattling off line after line after line and it's all jargon filled, like go up to the tower, like, and he just sells it, man. He just kills at it completely. Yeah, oh, that's great. And he has one of the best running gags, too. You know, like I guess I quit the wrong week. Oh, yeah, smoking. I think I guess I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue. Yeah. I guess I picked over. the wrong week to quit amphetamines. <laughs> like what? <laughs> or, oh man, there's that really fun gag where he's like, where is Rex Kramer? And he puts a cigarette in his mouth and like puts his hands on the desk and right behind him is a picture of him in the exact same pose. <laughs> oh. Uh, it's, it's such a... It, that's this is the great part you could talk hours and hours about all these gags and and there's it's never ending it's never yeah. ending uh the and amount of gags that just work so well and a lot of work you can tell that a lot of work went into crafting each one. Oh like yeah this is you know this is a comedy that like 
where people spend hours and hours like meticulously working on each joke and each gag mm-hmm. to see like, you know, to see what would what would work. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Clearly just, a lot of thought went into every single gag in the movie because, you know, it's all the way even down to the um, like right at the beginning of the movie with the uh, the two uh, airport announcers. Yeah. Talking and then they start like their husband and wife who start and getting start into a fight <laughs> over the PA system. Yeah. And apparently I found this out. Fun, another fun fact. Uh, the two voice actors that did it were actually the original people who did the voice announcements for the L.A. airport Oh, um, and are actually married in real life. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. <laughs> There's so many layer upon layer upon layer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, wow. and, and that's and that's something else the beginning of the movie um it doesn't fire a million jokes at you at once it takes the mm-hmm. time to set the atmosphere up and set the tone uh with minor things like the opening oh man that opening segment with the jaws theme and it's like the fin <laughs> of the plane just like through the clouds <laughs> oh, that was great. but yeah it, it it gives us a minute to live in it you know, like you mm-hmm. see the characters arriving, getting out of the cars, entering the airport. You got that one gag happening. Um, it's good. It, like I said, it really makes you live in the atmosphere a bit. And that's a big thing, too, that I think that works for this as a comedy is that they have the atmosphere of like a serious disaster movie. It's mm-hmm. not just, oh, my God, look at us. We're doing a comedy, you know, and yeah. it gives that vibe. No, it's very much they're doing the aesthetic of a disaster movie. Like they're taking those aspects of it very seriously. Like the actual filmmaking process is taken very seriously. You know, they're not mm-hmm. shooting a like they very much are treating it like they're shooting a dramatic disaster film and not shooting a comedy film. Yeah. And that allows us to kind of get in, that allows us to get somewhat invested too in the stakes, even mm-hmm. while we're laughing at all the ridiculousness of the, yeah, yeah. what's going on. Oh man. It's, it's, yeah. you know, I remember when I was in high school, we were doing a trip like to, to Boston or to the U S one of those cities. And I brought a bunch of movies to watch in the hotel, you know, on a little DVD player. Yeah. And while we're in the bus, uh, I handed some movies to the teachers and they decide, and I'm like, Oh, let's watch airplane. And they put airplane on and everyone in the bus was like, Oh, this is boring. This sucks. And it's like, Jesus. Sorry that there's not like a masturbation joke every second of the movie, you know, wow. it's, Oh my God. <laughs> Kids these days. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it has to be crude. And cr- Cause it's like, we had just watched super bad on the bus. Okay. And they like everyone loved it, but also because they know it. So they're like, they know all the quotes, they know everything that happens and they didn't know airplane. Right. So they didn't know what was happening and you could barely hear it. And you know, when you have a movie like airplane where you kind of need to hear what's happening because you're going to miss out on half the jokes. Yeah. uh, I can, I guess I can understand that people might find it boring. Yeah. That's still a They're wrong. They're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's just, there's just so much you can oh the <laughs> the main character is like talking to different people about his history with elaine and they, oh god yeah it's so boring that they all come up with different ways of killing themselves after oh so funny or it's like oh i hope this hasn't been boring you i tend to go on for a long time yeah no shit buddy <laughs> like, 
And it's so funny. We've been talking about all the other actors, but we haven't mentioned the two lead actors I know. of this movie. So Ted, uh, Julie Haggerty and, um, well, Ted Stryker. I forget the actor's name. Uh, I mean, both of them will always be just Ted Stryker and Elaine to me. Yeah. Like, although Julie Haggerty is fantastic and noises off. Oh, yeah. She's a very good, she's a very good comedic actor, mm. I must say. She's and this was her first role. Oh, wow. Of what really? I understood. Yeah. Wow. wow. She nailed it. <laughs> yeah. But basically, they're the 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 heart, I guess you could call it, of this this film because it's a, it's all centered around his uh fear of flying and his war record um that he just can't get past and uh, you know the relationship crumbling and he wants to save it because he loves her and all that. So yeah, like they're very much the emotional core of the film, which also lends itself to so many like ridiculously funny <laughs> moments. Um, uh, yeah. Oh my God. Like what it, it has, it, he gets one of the few uh, fourth wall breaks where he turns to the camera and he's like, what a pisser. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, they're, they're fantastic. Oh, uh, oh, Mar Robert Hayes is the name of the actor. I just, Oh, Robert that. Hayes. Yeah. 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 No, it's Ted Stryker. His name's Ted Stryker. <laughs> oh, and when he's having those flashbacks of like the planes crashing, but then they start playing footage of like really early prototype planes. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like these like really like old planes that never flown or like the, the car with the umbrella. It's like, oh, my God. Like, it's so funny. Air Israel has like a giant like. A Hamburg and a beard. It's just like, what the fuck? It's like, pour, pour every light you have. And it's just like a, like a truck just dumping a bunch of lamps and stuff. Uh, or, uh, oh yeah, get all the emergency vehicles out. And there's like a Budweiser truck and an ice cream truck part of it. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, classic stuff. But yeah, that, yeah. that air oh my God, one just, really caught me off guard. <laughs> oh my God. I just read that um, apparently, Z I'm just going to call him Zaz. Zaz considered Christopher Lee for, for Dr. Rumek. What? Oh my yeah. God. That would have been crazy. That, Christopher that, Lee. Just, just imagining Saruman as like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, as Leslie Nielsen. Been, that I just want to wish you all good luck. We're all counting on you. <laughs> yeah, that would have been just weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, so the doctor's like Dracula, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like. Uh, um, oh, I, I do want to bring up because um, we talked about like the variety of jokes, but they do have a lot of very um, what I'll call risque jokes, especially yeah. with the pilot. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, like when you first like meet him. Gladiators. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. When you first meet him, he's reading a magazine from a whack, the section called whacking material. Yeah. And the magazine he's reading is called Modern Sperm. So. <laughs> Like right off the top, they're already setting up that this pilot is just a pervert. And yeah. then every time all those scenes with Joey, just like, have you ever seen a grown man naked? It's like, what? <laughs> it's, it's when I first, yeah, when I first saw that, I was just like, I, what? <laughs> but that's what makes it so say? funny, though, because you don't expect it. It's like, you ever been in a cockpit, Joey? No, I've never even flown in a plane before. You ever seen a grown man naked? Like, what, what, what's the link here? Um, and apparently 
the actor was very uncomfortable being around Joey because of because of that. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, he almost didn't even do the movie because he just didn't like the fact that he was playing a character who was attracted to a little boy. But I mean, I'm assuming the joke stems from something from zero hour. The pilot must have come across as a little too um, creepy or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why they played it up like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's funny how like a joke like that is very difficult to pull off well. And I think in Airplane's case, they pull off that kind of joke really well. Like it just works here and it's really fun. Yeah, partly because you just don't expect it. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, you don't expect it. You don't really expect it to go that far and then it does. It's like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like they keep it subtle. You know, they don't make... Like it's only more implied than mm-hmm. overt. Like he's not doing anything. He's just asking these very like weird, very inappropriate questions. questions. Yeah. Oh, you ever been in a Turkish prison? <laughs> oh, great stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. And hey, oh, that scene. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, where it's like uh, requesting vector, Roger. Uh, and which culminates in the great line it's like we've got clarence clarence roger roger what's our vector victor (laughs) Uh, Uh, so good it's so like scenes like that make me so happy because you could tell they really took the time to to craft the dialogue for that to make it work so well because you know they set up the names of the characters and their names are like very straightforward like clarence over roger murdoch victor basta but like then you get a scene like that and you're like wow what a what a setup to a great joke i know right you're like oh okay that's why they named those that's why they gave them those names so clever uh man I, I can't get enough of this film. It's 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 left such an impact on me. And of course, you can't can't forget the most famous joke. Surely you can't be serious. Can't I am serious. serious. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> it, it like that's the most quoted uh, line from the movie yeah. to the point that uh, the special edition version of Airplane that I own is called the Don't Call Me Shirley edition <laughs> uh, because that's just how famous that line is. It's just. Mm-hmm. A monster of a classic line. <laughs> yeah. So is it like a director's cut or like? Uh, so it's the movie, but you can watch it with special features. So like while you're watching the oh, movie, okay. um, you can watch it with like a trivia track that appears. So like little bubbles pop up and give you like little fun facts and oh, okay. random things and point out mistakes too, which is really funny. They're like, oh, here's a wire <laughs> that you missed. Uh <laughs> Um, and oh, it's thanks to this bubble track that I noticed this joke that I never noticed before where, you know, the, the great scene where the plane crashes through the window of the airport. Oh yeah. But like right in the front, like all the people screaming and running, there's a lady who throws her baby into the air. What? Yeah. She just throws her baby into the air. It's so funny. It's so great. Oh my God. 
Okay, now I'm gonna have to. Okay, now I'm gonna have to watch this movie again to catch all the like visual gags that oh, I didn't pick up on. Because so I'm willing many. to bet that there's more than a few. Oh, there's so so many, and <clears throat> it's so funny because we we're talking about all these gags, but we haven't touched. We haven't even come close to touching on so many. Like we didn't talk about the jive guys, like the I speak jive oh, yeah. stuff, <laughs> which is which I have a shirt. I have a shirt. The ice. I have a. It's airplane, and it says I speak jive on it, which nice. is so funny because the old lady was the mother on Leave It to Beaver. So it's such oh, a contrast. <laughs> like, uh, oh, stewardess, I speak jive. <laughs> uh, uh, there's the singing nun. Oh, there's the scene with um, Randy singing the song to the sick girl. And oh, everyone's yeah. like clapping and everything. And she like pops out the thing. Pops oh. out the ivy. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Oh. Or um, uh, the Harry Krishna guys. <laughs> or the, just, the the guys in the airport were like um, I don't even know what religion they're supposed to be, but they're like they're just going around like giving out leaflets, and, and Rex Kramer has to fight his way through them. Oh yeah, yeah, just a a large variety of different religious zealots at the airport. <laughs> yeah. Which apparently when that that scene played in theaters, people were like cheering and applauding because <laughs> you know, especially in those days, it must have been really. It was just a thing. There was just so many at the airport hanging around, right? And people were annoyed by it, I guess. Oh, good lord! So people yeah. were just like cheering when Rex Kramer was just beating up all these people. <laughs> it's it's so great. And um, oh oh, the scene with the two kids. Like it's such a random scene because you never see these characters ever again. Oh but yeah, it's the true. two kids with the coffee. That, like, it's oh so my funny. god. <laughs> It's so funny. It's basically, I think that was also a scene from Zero Hour, but played by yeah. two adults. Mm-hmm. And they're like, let's just recreate the scene exactly, but with two kids. <laughs> and comedic gold, hearing a little girl like, I take it black, like my men. And then the guy, the boy, just like staring at her like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good uh, Lord. Or the makeup just- lady. Oh, yeah. Keeps she getting keeps back like- to her trying to apply makeup while they're like. Into the crush. <laughs> oh, um, or like so many get or the, the couple where the the wife is sick and the guy's like, oh, let me put some air on for you, and it's like, <laughs> uh, or, or he turns yeah. to the lady, whiskey, certainly not, and then she takes two lines of coke. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much. Like there's so, uh, hey, and it's like. I feel like all we've been doing here is just riffing like, oh, my God, this gag is so great. This gag is so great. Yeah. I love this gag. Oh, my God, this gag, this gag, this gag. And I want to talk about all the gags, but honest, obviously yeah. we can't because then we're just basically doing a recap of the whole movie at this point. Yeah. Oh, I just found out that, uh, yeah, the bar- the woman, Barbara Billingsley, who was the, the, um, the you pointed out as the mother on Leave it to Beaver, is actually credited as Jive Lady. Yeah. <laughs> Jive Lady. That's a good one. Oh, uh, man. It's just such a great, like, even though we have main characters, it's such a great ensemble piece with so many characters who really stand out with their own personalities. Like you can Mm -hmm. just, you don't even have to mention like a name. You could just be like, oh yeah, sick lady. And you know who I'm talking about, you know, a couple, young couple with kid and you know who I'm talking about, you know, the it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's so great in that sense that they've really left an impression on the viewers that you leave and you just feel like 
you were on a roller coaster of comedy and you leave so satisfied because yeah. you're you just laughed belly all the way up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's a very satisfying experience to to watch airplane. Uh yeah. Uh, it, it was definitely uh it was a it was a much needed uh, catharsis of, of comedy for me, re rewatching it again, especially yeah. at these times. Yeah, <laughs> and just for me, even though I've seen it so many times, I still laugh out loud at so many moments. <laughs> moments that I've seen a hundred times. I'm still laughing. And I find myself laughing in anticipation now. Like when the scene with the two kids in the coffee, when it just the first shot of him walking, I already started laughing because I knew what was coming. And I'm like, oh yeah. I was like, ah ha ha. I'd like just laugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, they play it so they play it so seriously too. Just oh, like, it's so great. It's uh, so great. It really airplane. Okay, so I guess I, I should talk about like how it's impacted me. Mm. Um, and why it's so such an important movie for me. Um, so before I saw, so I saw airplane at 12 years old and oh, okay. before I saw airplane, like I was, you know, I was into movies and uh, I was getting that, like, and like I've talked about in previous podcasts, that entertainer bug, right. Mm -hmm. that, like I really like to entertain. And I always found myself kind of, you know, on the couch as like a seven, eight, nine, 10 year old, like jumping around and creating all these like movies in my head. Um, and, you know, being that young, obviously the movies I was creating in my head were awful. <laughs> like I remember one was like a bunch of kids who are like prisoners in a prison made completely of mud. Um <laughs> I called it mud castle for whatever reason, or, um, Oh, my favorite, <laughs> when I think back at this, it was about an evil trampoline. Um, and the evil trampoline was played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. So of can, course he was. Can you imagine an evil trampoline played by Arnold Schwarzenegger? He's like, guys, oh, stop jumping on my face. You <laughs> stop it. You want to bounce? I'll make you bounce to space. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so then I watched Airplane. And you know how everyone always talks about like, oh, this movie changed my life. Oh, <laughs> Which I hate. When I was in college, I hated that because they always like, oh, I watched Pulp Fiction. It changed my life. And it's like or 2001 or, or yeah. Requiem for a Dream. Or, or my favorite. Oh man, Pineapple Express changed my life. Like, wow. Did people seriously cite that as like a yeah, one major person, point? one person I know was like Pineapple Express changed my life. I'm like, how the hell did a stoner comedy <laughs> change your life? Like, change your life in what way? That's what I'm confused about. <laughs> Um, did it con did it suddenly convince you of like the benefits of weed as opposed to all know. the dangers that were touted about it in the media before legalization? <laughs> I, I, dude, I honestly don't know. And uh, remember, like uh, when entering Dawson, you had to do like a French uh, exam and you had to write an essay. Oh, yeah. yeah. And one of the questions was, I think, the, no, it was not one of them. The question was, what was a moment that changed your life? And this person wrote about the movie Pineapple Express. <laughs> uh, 
I um, I would love to read that essay yeah, just no, to curious. know what that person said. Yeah, but I'm curious. Hey, you know what? And I'm making fun of them, but maybe it legit did change their life in some way. Like maybe mm. they saw that movie and they had this epiphany of some sort of uh, stoner comedies or whatever. Probably the same epiphany Cheech and Chong had when they're like, oh, yeah, dude, let's make some stoner comedies. Uh, you know, like, maybe should we <laughs> Should we do another episode just on Pineapple Express just to like pick it apart and see what? Oh my God. See its artistic merits. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad movie. Don't get me wrong. It's, <laughs> it's actually a fun, like buddy adventure stoner comedy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I get the impression that it just changed their life because they're like, they just wanted to be a pothead. Um, right. So kudos to them. Okay. But anyways, I digress off that tangent. Um, Airplane. So for me, when I say airplane changed my life, I don't mean in that very pretentious, like, oh, it changed my life, man. Like it did. It changed the trajectory of my life because up till then, you know, I was kind of like, you know, young kid. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I see the movie Airplane and I'm like, I know exactly what I want to do. I want to make movies. I want to make parody films. This is what I want to do. I saw the movie Airplane. I'm like that. I want to make a movie like that. Mm. Um, so it did. It really, it left that impact on me that I watched it. It, I was like, whoa, like this movie is amazing. And I watched it like <laughs> 50 million times when I was like, like at that moment, because I was just so enamored by it. You know, I watched it with the audio commentary. I watched it with the special features. I watch it with everything. I'm like, I had to dissect this movie. I had to like understand it. And this is like me at like 12 to 14, you know, <laughs> uh, like that, that's how enamored I was by this movie. And that's how much of an mm. impact it left on me because I watched it and was like, it opened my eyes to what you could do with comedy. Mm. Um, Cause you know, up to 12, the comedy movies I was, you know, exposed to were whatever popular top of the charts, comedy films were at the time, you know, mm. which, right. You know, were like, they might be okay uh, or not great or you know, like, you know, like, are we going to call American pie, a, uh, you know, uh, a master class of comedy? No. <laughs> um, someone, pop, someone, someone pops up. Hey, that movie changed my life. Man. American pie <laughs> changed my life. It taught me that being a virgin is it's, it's okay, but like you should still get laid in the end. Yeah, right. They had oh God, such a mixed message. I know. It, it's so interesting how the movie ends with a very <clears throat> mature message, like uh, Jason Biggs being, oh, you know what? I don't even care about getting laid. I don't care. This is too stressful. You know what? There's a girl out there who wants to be my date, wants to be my date. So I'm going to go out there and just have fun with her and be her date, you know, like, a yeah. very, like, and that's it. I don't care about getting laid. Uh, but then they all get laid anyway. So yeah, uh, like, like, <sighs> completely dilutes the power of what you were trying to say. But anyways, yeah, off, man, we keep going on all these tangents of all these other <laughs> movies. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I saw the movie Impact, and from then on, I was really into the parody genre. Like that was the first time that I was really um, like uh, an obsessive fan of something. 
And mm-hmm. I was an obsessive fan of the parody genre. And I wanted to get my hands on every single parody movie that I could get my hands on, which led to me watching a lot of crappy films, but it also <laughs> led to me discovering a lot of obscure, like genuinely good parody films. Like from there, I saw Naked Gun. I saw mm-hmm. uh, Top Secret, Mafia. Uh, and even from there, I discovered Shaun of the Dead, which <laughs> is more of a... Um, it, it's more satirical than parody. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, it's, t- it's more tongue in cheek to the zombie genre yeah. and a straightforward than like a parody. But I thought it was a parody cause it was called Shaun of the dead and it was Dawn of the dead at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like it, it led me to discovering Edgar Wright and then leading into this all whole other world of movies. And also of course, Mel Brooks. I bought the whole Mel Brooks collection because I'm like, I got to have all his movies because he's Mm -hmm. a master at the parody, but a lot of his movies are not even parodies. There's a lot of originals in there. And, Mm -hmm. and then I also found, because I loved it so much, I found myself writing my own parodies and the first film I technically ever developed and wrote, I didn't full on write it, but like I kind of created you know, like with with a full story and everything was a parody on those movies where people get stranded on deserted islands. Oh, yeah. And I just called it stranded with like uh, an exclamation point. Hmm. And it was like I threw in parodies of Lord of the Flies, uh, parodies of Castaway, uh, Swiss yeah. Family Robinson, basically all those movies that found you know people shipwrecked or a plane crashed and caught on an island mm. and this is where i like really started because i was like crafting all these parody ideas these gags very heavily inspired by like all these parody movies mm-hmm. i was watching and um as years went on i started creating parody ideas for other types of genres uh mm. like disaster films but like uh like day after tomorrow you know yeah. uh the the nature disaster films or, um, and I had a sequel to that, which was like alien invasion disaster films. Um, <laughs> nice. And, like Cloverfield and things like that. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And independence day and mm. all that. So I had all these like ideas of parodies I was working on, but then somewhere along the line, I started to go into more just like straightforward comedy, but mm. I, still retain a lot of those sort of parody aspects that I took that influenced me uh, from then. But instead of doing straightforward parody, like I'm parodying a specific thing, I've sort of gotten a little more vague with it now, Mm. but a lot of those, like the, the visual gags and uh, wordplay and uh, you know, um, filming it in the aesthetic of it. So taking the film, making seriously and uh you know really capturing the style of it but it's also you know a comedy because it's throwing in all these gags like i feel like i still maintain that with some ideas that i do work on now Mm. yeah i think that i I can definitely see like i'm i'm looking back on everything (laughs) everything i've ever everything i've ever done with you every movie (laughs) of yours i've been in and i can see the Watching Airplane, I can definitely see the the imprint of uh, of that sort of that that style of comedy. Yeah, um, 
it just sort of for even when you're not doing outright parody it it does it does inform pretty much everything you do you know yeah, yeah especially like i've taken so much inspiration and influence from I will, I will call it this, the lessons that Airplane has taught me when it mm. comes to comedy. You know, it, 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 I've definitely, I'm, you know, of the belief of like the joke a second, like it doesn't matter if you're missing a joke, like if the joke works at that moment, I'm putting the joke there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, playing everything straight, even though you said yeah. something really stupid, like, come on, like how, how many times, have we done mockumentaries where I will say something just completely stupid, but I say it so deadpan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, and yeah, and all the video, I think the best portrayal of my influence from Airplane is uh, Memoirs of a Slasher. Yeah. Because that was very much like, okay, we're doing a sort of tongue-in-cheek take on slasher films, uh, but from the perspective of the slasher, but you know, it's chock full of like visual gags and yeah. a lot of those like parody elements. But at the same time, we still captured the style, like with the POV uh, parts and, you know, like yeah. subverting the tropes, which <clears throat> is, I think that's more the direction I started taking now mm-hmm. is instead of doing straightforward parodies of specific movies. Um, now I'm taking like a genre understanding the tropes and trying to subvert those tropes uh, Mm -hmm. and poke fun of them in a way like I did with um, like Spider-Man for like those campy superhero movies or even Mm -hmm. uh, Barden Mew, the Chronicles of Barden Mew for fantasy films. Yeah. (laughs) So I feel like I've, that's the, as that's the direction I've taken more now is just taking the tropes and turning them on their head, but it will always go back to the movie airplane. Mm. Yeah, no, I can, I can definitely see that. <laughs> uh, all the stuff that we've, uh, and I was, I was honored to be, uh, I was honored to be one of those gags. Oh yeah, slasher. yeah. Phone uh, rings. Hey George, it's fine. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> which yeah, which no, one did was... we end up going with in the end? We did like so many takes. Of oh that. yeah, we did so many takes of that. There, uh, we went with the. Uh, Hey George, it's Faiz. How you doing, man? <laughs> Super Italian, like. Oh yeah. Oh, Faiz. We, we. I made you do so many different takes. Yeah. And I think the funniest one to me was Faiz is calling George, and he's coming out to him. Oh yeah. But he's very like very serious and very heartfelt. Like oh, it was. I've never. Hey George, it's me, Faiz. I've I've never told anyone this before. <laughs> Uh, it was, I loved it so much because it was so sincere Yeah, the way you did it. And, and you were, you were like choking up a bit and, yeah. and I just remember Laura being in the other room because she wanted to like leave because she couldn't stop laughing at all your takes. Oh, yeah, and right. she was just like in the other room, like, Oh my God. Like, she's like, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was quite funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my personal choice would have been just the classic, like, Hey George, it's my ease. Like I would have just wanted that one, but you know, whatever works. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, go big or go home. Right. (laughs) With every every joke. (laughs) Hey, you have to, man. Like, and honestly, I look back at memoirs and I'm like really proud of it because 
some of the gags we came up with, I'm like, holy crap. Like I came up with that gag, you know, yeah. where he, he, he's trying to kill them and he throws the the knife at the guy and the guy just catches it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, ah! Oh Lord. Or, um, he, he pulls out the knife on the girl and she knocks it out of his hand. So he just punches her out <laughs> or the, oh man, the pie gag will always be, uh, one of isn't there favorites. one where he's like, it's right before he starts narrating, I think, where he like he's trying to climb up the ladder and he falls right, oh, right down, back down. Yes, yes. He like tries to and he trips and falls and the ladder falls on him <laughs> um, because I like that was definitely a direct parody of um, movies like Black Christmas, where oh, yeah. it's the POV of the slasher. But you see him climbing up like uh, the side of the the house on those mm. um what were they 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 had like vines on them they were like it looked uh, like a fence but right up against that you, you know what i'm talking about right? yeah yeah i think i do so he's like <laughs> climbing up that and like he's climbing up a ladder and i'm just like imagine the ladder fell <laughs> imagine the ladder just fell you know uh, yeah it's that good times and you know what i'm excited like just talking about it now uh, because I've been trying to develop Barden Mew like oh, yeah. further. And I really love that idea because I love the whole taking the reluctant hero's journey, but making, but, you know, bringing out the more humorous aspects of it. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot you can play with there. Oh, 100%. And the more I think about it, the more I keep throwing in like new ideas that I really like. No, I'm excited about it because I have us playing like Monty Python style, right? Like multiple yeah. characters in it. Mm-hmm. And oh man, my favorite for you is the bearded princess. Bearded princess. Oh man, that I cannot wait to to do that. Oh, it'll man. be, I mean, yeah, it'll be very, I mean, I mean, I, you can argue I've already done that with, with this. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so much fun. You know what? So, ah, talking about it now, I'm like, I want to sit down and I want to like crank it out because I'm so yeah. excited. But um, if you're willing to help, like I, because you know the fantasy genre so well, like just uh, certain tropes and stuff that maybe you could throw my way that I can like. Oh yeah, for sure. Subvert. There's uh, yeah, there's there's lots of things in the genre that you could kind of play with and subvert and parody. There's uh, yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> well, um, I guess uh, after all that, this is a good place to um, to conclude. I would episode. say so. Yeah. Um. So. Any just uh, conclusive thoughts on airplane? Um, well, I'm very grateful. As I said, I'm, I'm very grateful that you recommended this because mm-hmm. uh, it was definitely a much needed uh, pick me up. Yeah. As a, as a comedy, just um, yeah. 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 And, and I'd say like for me, airplane will always, it will always be my number one movie. Like nothing will replace it because of the very special place it holds in my heart and, you know, just the impact it had on me uh, wanting to get into movies and do comedy and basically leading me on that path. So, you know, my other top five movies might change here and there, depending on movies I discover, but airplane will always remember uh, remain my number one because of all the reasons I shared. Definitely a comedy classic that uh, deserves to be seen for years to come. Yeah, it was considered part of the top 10 comedy movies of all time by uh, Mm -hmm. the American Film Institute. Yeah. Uh, And for good reason, for very good reason. It's I definitely think it's one of those parody movies that manage 
to actually like garner critical acclaim uh, without being lumped in as a just a stupid parody movie, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like it it was considered no, this is not just parody. This is like a legit movie, you know? It yeah, it, it was full on. Like people didn't even call it a parody, even though it is a parody movie. People were very much talking about it. Like, oh no, 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 this is like a work of like art you know like this is a movie not like recent parodies like scary movie movies and on like all those Mm -hmm. movie movies which just people are like oh god like another one of those like a crappy parody Mm -hmm. movie like no 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 this is like a legit like movie yeah well who knows maybe with uh maybe with barden mew you might be able to uh bring the parody bring the parody genre back to its former glory Although I do see it, um, I find there is a lot of media now that they have parody elements, but it's more, instead of doing those like straightforward parodies, it's very tongue in cheek, a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of like subverting tropes going on where the movie will not be called a parody, but it's doing a lot of things that parody movies did do, Mm -hmm. which is cool. Yeah. uh, that's this episode. I believe that Mr. Vishesh here, you have chosen what we're doing for the next episode. Yes. As a matter of fact, we're already, we're already kind of working our way through it. Oh, because, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm slogging my way through it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it is a book that, uh, that I have chosen. It is a, ve- it's a book that's uh, definitely meant a lot to me ever since I first, uh, first read it in high school and reread it in university and have come back to many times over the years. It is The Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula Le Guin, great science fiction and fantasy writer, Ursula K. Le Guin. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we will be, uh, I, I hopefully we will, we will have enough time to actually finish the book before we get to talking about it. But uh, I'm, sure. I'm more, I'm more than halfway through it right now. Yeah. Same. So um, uh, we will, uh, yeah, that is what we'll cover. On our next for the love of media episode i'm i'm both looking forward and not looking forward to that <laughs> one <laughs> i'm let's just say i'm gonna need all the help i can get for this man one. you should um, do man, if you ever did a if you ever did a sci-fi parody there would be like there would be tons of jokes with like and no one being able to remember each other's names oh <laughs> just, forget it i'm so lost <laughs> i'm so lost I, I, I you know what i'm i I'm not afraid to admit I'm lost. I can't. I'm yeah. I'm going to need uh, cliff notes for this one because yeah. um, I just I can't uh, I can't make heads or tails of what's going on. I, I get the general gist of it. I'm not, you know, like, but all the names and uh, the weird jar. I, but you know what? I'll save all that talk for that episode. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, am I excited. Until, uh, <laughs> yeah. Until next time. I'm Bosco. And I'm Vishesh. And we'll see you next time. Bye. See you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.